Okay, dude. So my first question for you, now that you've been in Arizona and it's, we have an excessive heat warning as of today's recording. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's 111 degrees outside. Wow. One, one, one. Exactly. Um, would you rather be in the, would you rather be too hot or too cold? Okay. It's going to sound contrary because of my move, but I'd probably rather be, it depends. Like if we're talking like sleeping, like I'd rather be way too cold because you can't, you can't lay her down. Sleeping. I'm talking like living, living. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm talking full on living. dude. Uh, I think I'd rather be too hot. Okay. The thing is for me is like in Minnesota when you're, when it's so cold out, like it's like, where's my jacket? Where's my hoodie? And you got like four layers on and then you get indoors somewhere and it's like, you got to unlayer down where it's here. It's just like shorts and a t-shirt every day, bro. Right. But my, what I'm, what, what's pissing me off is once you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. When you're cold, you can always get warmer. That's true. You know? But if you've ever walked into any of the stores around here, they just blast the AC. So it's like, there's ways to get, yeah colder yeah i guess yeah. there's there's solutions to all of it yeah i haven't because you know you know as i i work construction and do you even consider that construction you work at a power plant that's construction we're building something at a power plant oh okay I same company i didn't know that yeah but uh i think working in 111 degree temperature mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. and you're just sweating your balls off versus like it's negative 20 and you're just all bundled up honestly i would take the hot Really? I would take the hot. Wow. I would take the hot. I don't work outside, so. Yeah. You work in you work in the Iconic studio. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. That's fucking sick, man. Thank you. Cheers to that, by cheers. the way. We didn't we didn't officially cheers to start the podcast, but yeah. we didn't uh we also didn't officially get sponsored by Stella, but we didn't yeah, we did not officially get sponsored by Stella, but it's totally cool. It's not the end of the world. Uh we just drink beer. Yeah, we drink beer. We're <clears throat> the we're the I don't know who would sponsor just guys who drink beers, but that's that's what we are. I'm sure there's someone. Yeah, there's someone. I'm gonna get rid of this pillow. Yeah, dude, get rid of it. So, dude, okay, so we gotta. I'm trying to figure out where I want to start. So, okay, the last time we were on, so I listened to our episode from last time. I should have done that. I should have done that. And uh, I found some moments we can pull up later, but the the crux of it was we were sitting. It, I kind of want to actually find the moment because it kind of spurt starts our whole story. Um, this is this is number three, right? This is your third time on the podcast. Okay. The first time you were on the podcast was episode eighty-eight. In the attic. In the attic, episode eighty-eight, October twenty eighteen. Wow. Your second podcast, which is nuts, two hundred episode two hundred and twenty-eight. I hit eight again. Wow. Yeah, and you were exactly a year later in October of two thousand nineteen. Wow. Now, um, when you were on the last time. There was a moment where we talked about uh, like balancing work and creative, mm. and how you didn't know what the direction of social butterfly was going because you weren't strapped on the idea of. I don't even need to play it at this point. I know what it is. Um, you were strapped on the idea of being creative and like running the business. Yeah. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, it sounds familiar. Okay, so. I would like you to take me back to that crux of like dealing with the wanting to be just super creative and wanting to run the business. Yeah. And then kind of just lead that into where you are today. Uh, Cause spoiler you, uh, 
you uh, shut close the doors with Social Butterfly. Yeah. Yeah, we pump the brakes. We pump the brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I think it's a similar conversation where, <clears throat> you know, my brain is, it can be very creative when it needs to be, and it can be, you know, more business driven when it needs to be, but I, I can't ride the line right down the middle. Mm -hmm. So I'll either lean to the left and be more creative or I'll lean to the right and be more like business oriented or vice versa. I don't know which one's the mathematical. Is there a left and right for, for your brain, for your brain. Right, right. No, there's left, right brain, but like is one side business, one side, one side. Yeah. Typically like your left side, I think it's like your left side's more creative. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was a tough balance for me to, another part of it too was I didn't have a lot of experience running a business. It was always trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. <clears throat> and when you have a big team, so the way I was trying to build my business was I was really trying to become a foundational agency and like staffing people and like really building something legitimate. And I put a lot of risk into, you know, having full-time employees and the staff that I had where I probably could have ran things more lean, but my my theory is you know go big or go home right. so i went home <laughs> uh that's okay yeah no and it's uh it's it, it was a big learning lesson for me i don't i don't regret it by any means i'm sure. i'm super happy that i did it but um yeah man i just felt like i kind of hit a wall and i was looking for something where it's like okay if i'm calling all the shots here and i'm learning you know i had a great team and like we we're all working together but ultimately like i was the one running the business is how am I getting smarter tomorrow than I was today outside of trial and error? Like, how like the 1% mentality. Yeah, the 1% mentality. And, you know, I had some mentors and I had some really good friends who were also experienced in business, but I just wanted something bigger, better, faster. I'm a very impatient person. And so I, uh, I had a really good relationship with Iconic. I met them. It was 2018. Actually, you know what's funny is I was just talking to Mark about this and he actually sent me the first message I sent him. Also, you want to turn your auto lock off so we can see the timer for our production. Brennan and I are producing our own podcast, so we got to. How do you do that? Uh, go to your settings. Auto lock. Is it display? Display. Display. Yeah, we're producing our own podcast, so we have to get up every twenty-two minutes, approximately, to go and hit record on display, the three cameras. Auto lock. Never. never. And then just go back to yeah. when you're ready. Go yeah. back to the yeah. Yeah. thing. So Mark Brazil or Mark, how do you say that guy's last name? Massandrea. Massandrea. So that is the co-founder of Iconic. Yep. He's at Mark Brazil on Instagram. Uh, if you want to go check him out, but he sent me. Uh, so in August 2019, or I'm sorry, August 29, 2018, I uh, I sent him a message saying, "Been following you and Cole, aka Jeff Cole." Um, for a while, I did some work with Gary Vaynerchuk over Super Bowl and some other projects with him two weeks ago. Love your hustle. Any way I can provide value in video or photo, let me know. You're an inspiration for real. And this was after you shot the Gary V event in Rochester. From uh, the Stationary first time I met you out there. Was that? Yeah. Wow. Time flies by. I'm glad I met you, bro. And uh, I sent that message to him and he, uh, I followed up. I, I think I told this story on the first podcast. Mm -hmm. But, or the second one. Um, I don't think you ever did, to be honest. Really? You told me this story, not on a podcast. 
Okay. So maybe that's why you think that. Yeah. But I don't think you've ever told the story. Long story short, I uh, I sent him that message, and he was the iconic was just kind of blowing up at the time. Um, they're only five years old as of today. So by the time I hit them up, they're only a few years old. They're still really getting traction, and they just got the deal where Gary V kind of bought into the business. And iconic for people who don't know is a um, motivational canvas art. Um, yeah, we uh, we have like motivational canvas art, really geared towards like entrepreneurs. We're expanding into a lot of product mediums, which you'll start to see this year. But uh, yeah, foundationally, we're canvas art. Got a lot of licensing. Yeah, yeah, some cool stuff. Sick. Yeah, and uh, so I sent him that message, and I was still running Butterfly, but I was just kind of doing my IG growth, you know, kind of hacking my way into people that I looked up to, and they flew me out to, uh, or sorry, backing up a few steps. Um, I sent him that message and he's like, yeah, man, like would love to do something. And then it just kind of flaked off. Like every other conversation, when you reach out to people, it just always starts to flake off. Unless you're like, the thing that I realized is you have to position it where it's like, all they have to do is say yes. But if you just kind of mm -hmm. hit like, hit them with a vague, like, Hey man, would love to help you. It's always easy for them to respond like, yeah, yeah. And then just blow it off. Not actually follow. Up. Yeah. And so I followed up. I put a reminder in my calendar every single month, unless I heard back from him, I'm hitting him up. And I didn't want it to be like every week where I was like, okay, I'm looking like a crazy ex-girlfriend. Like I kind of <laughs> wanted to play it cool, but like let them know I was serious. Right. And so uh, I hit him up and I was just like, once in a while I was like, yo man, like still here, would love to do something. Started shooting him some examples. And then it was about six or seven months after that first message of like kind of like here and there back and forth. Um, I was just like, look man, I'm coming out to LA, New Year's Eve. Um, I'll be there for four days, and uh, if you want to meet up, I would love 15 minutes of your time, and like I'll trade whatever. Like I'll do like 10 fucking videos for you. Mm -hmm. And cool. he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. So he sent me the address and ended up meeting with him. 15 minutes turned into an hour. We had a really good conversation, a lot of good energy, and we ended up working together. They flew me out for NBA All-Star Week, and I believe it was the first project that mm -hmm. we worked on. And I was like, okay, now I'm here. Now I really got to prove to them like I'm not like – I'm not going to mess this up. Right, right. So when I first got there, I looked at them in the eyes and I was like, yo, I'm going to do the best thing that I possibly can do. But if I'm not doing anything right, or if you guys are seeing things that I can prove on, like, let me know. Like, I'm a straight shooter. Just yeah. like, let me know. Just be honest. He's right like, away. you're a winner, bro. Like, that's like, you got, you got some good stuff in you. Um, so we worked together on NBA All-Star Weekend. And then they flew me out for a couple other projects. And it was always kind of like, we should work together. And it was like, are they a client? Is it something personal? And I was just, I wasn't charging them anything. It was like, they were covering my flights, my hotels, my meals and all that. But it was more of just cool. like, I just want to tap into their network. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, man, he became a really good mentor for me. And I was hopping on calls with him every now and then and just talking about my business and where I wanted to be and what they were doing. And he was giving me some, he gave me a few clients like Truff Hot Sauce I worked with for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and he was just saucing me some deals, pun intended, 100% pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and uh <clears throat> Good pun, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Looking back at that pun. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, long story short, I was just like, I was five years into my business um, and I just felt like I was missing something. I felt like I could 100% make it work. We had a great team. We could do a lot of things, but I was just really trying to take things to the next level. And I felt like I was turning 24 at the time. And I know that's still generally young, but I was like, damn, man, like I'm 24. Like, I feel like I could be doing more. And I, uh, I know the um, founder of Alibaba, Jack Ma, he's got a famous quote where it's like, in your 20s, you should be working for someone you look up to. 
and learn absolutely everything because you have your 30s and your 40s to really build a, a solid business. Mm. And wow. and uh, that quote just really stuck to me. I was like, okay, if I if I worked for someone that I looked up to and it was like more of like a startup feel where it wasn't like I'm just like another cog in the machine. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was really powerful because I felt like I was going to be able to have a lot of responsibility. I was going to learn a lot and mm -hmm. I was still going to be able to go and start something again when I'm 30. Right. And so Time, it's not all over with starting something new. No, it's not. <laughs> and, and that was another thing too, is I really crafted my identity to social butterfly. Mm -hmm. And I started that when I was 19. Nuts. Yeah. So it was just like, I don't know, man. It was just something where I just like felt like I hit a wall in the business. Sure. Um, we kind of leveled out and I needed to take things to the next level. And um, yeah, I, uh, I ended up just um, kind of closing the doors and I handed off some clients to a former employee of mine and she started an agency. So Hannah. Yep. So I was going to comment on your team, just like the social butterfly alumni or the hall of fame. <laughs> the I alumni. Say. Yeah. Like, the people, like, you had a strong team, dude. I, you I had, had a really like, cool legitimate, team. like... Oh, here comes the goosebumps. You had a legitimate work workhorse of a team. You, mm -hmm. had, you had Hannah Perez, which she now runs an agency... Awake Social. Awake Social, which... Mm -hmm. and, and, and she is, a, I mean, Awake Social's just started. Yep. Um, but uh, Hannah as a person, just yeah, the coolest great. cat. Yeah, she's great. Um, then you had Joe Colsey, yep. who came on late, but he, he was on a couple episodes ago talking about when he was working for you and oh, how yeah. he would literally be sleeping at your house and like <laughs> taking the bus from Mankato to like Dude. Uh, shoot for you and stuff and just like how I talented used, he is as a photographer. Yeah, I used to like, he would be staying at my house and I'd be like cooking him meals. Like, dude, we were grinding. And it was like, and it's those stories you look back on where it's like, damn. And I remember saying it while we were working together. I was like, you know, we're going to look back on this shit and be like, damn, this is so cool. And it's like, it's weird that like two years later, I'm actually doing that. Yeah. Um, Crazy. And yeah. Because like it was, and then to add on to that, you had Jaden, he left a little earlier in the game, but, and then you also had Ad Dad, who is just Jake August. Hoffman. Jake yeah. Hoffman, who's a stud. Yeah. And then Ian. And then Ian. Ian. Of course. Yeah. Ian. Who now works with you at Iconic. Yeah. And just... we had some other guys like Sam, uh, Sam Swenson. He's yes. doing some real estate stuff now. He still does some paid ad social stuff. Uh, ben Zaver, he just started a supplement company. Mm, okay. um, yes. Yeah, Seek Seek Supply, I believe is what it is. Okay. Some cool stuff. But yeah, man, I had I mean I had a great team and yeah, you had a fucking foundation. Yeah. Dude. Like you yeah. were grinding. But we were all grinding. I mean, we all have got our own stories. We we were grinding. And so yes. and that was another thing too, man. Like I had such a big team and for me to really make things work, I would have had to make some cuts and I just didn't want to do that. So I just decided it was best to just shut things down and just kind of you know, I, I, I became very vulnerable in my team. I just let them know, like, yo, look, I'm, uh, here's the bottle opener. Oh, thanks, dude. Appreciate that. I was like, look, I'm letting you guys know right now that I'm kind of thinking of this decision. And this was before, this was when I was kind of in between two companies. And I kind of let them know, like, look, thinking about shutting down the business, here's my two options where I think I'm going. I'd love to help you guys get to wherever you guys want to go in however way that I can help. But Sweet. I'm letting you know, like, by this date, Butterfly's done, and let's work together to get wherever else we want to go. How how far in it? What was like the runway? I believe it was two or three months. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So they could have left and be like, "I'm out, bro. Like right, you're done. Right, I'm right. done." Um, but they all stayed on for the most part, and uh, yeah, we just kind of crushed things out. And I was Damn. just super vulnerable with all my clients, and everyone kind of understood. It was it was a really weird time frame in my life. Um, to like, it felt like I was like carving off a piece of myself and just like letting it go. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because you, I mean, you mentioned this already on the podcast, like uh, how you kind of carved social butterfly as part of your own identity. And so like when you're ending that business and closing the doors on it, like I'm sure part of you felt like you were closing the doors or shutting down part of your identity. Is yeah. that fair to say? hundred percent. Did I mean, well, first of all, I have the date that I started social butterfly tattooed. Tattooed. Yeah. I was going to say yeah, got- it's tattooed on me. Um, and I started at my sophomore year of college and I was like, okay, yeah, I've got a business started. I'm going to run this for the next 50 years. And like, people can make that happen all the time. And at the moment I thought that's what I was going to do, but I don't mean to be like cliche, but you really do live one life. And so, um, I figured we'll, we'll we'll clip that out. We'll we'll clip that out. (laughs) We'll clip that out. Yeah. We'll clip that out. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to be cliche, but like you live one life and I was, uh, I wanted to experience something new. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to shut down butterfly, I want to go live in a different state. I want to challenge myself. I've always been someone who really puts myself into tough situations myself. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to find a way to, you know, just kind of challenge myself. Yeah, no, I I think, uh, so first off, like one, one thought that come to, came to my mind is you start this, you start this agency, um, and, and you, and you grow it and, and you took it full time. Like that was your, first real job out of I was, college i was full-time with butterfly by junior year, the l- late end of junior year of college dude you had you had like the, the i'm building a legacy company energy yeah early yeah <laughs> like, yeah and i'm sure i look had, back i was looking back at my instagram posts and like just all the stuff we were doing i'm like i've definitely matured i'll put it that way yeah. but i had some like and it's weird bro i mean we can get into it but I like struggled with that a little bit. I felt a lot of confidence and a lot of, um, it was just, I don't want to call it an ego, but I had an ego a little bit, but like you kind of have to, when you're running a business, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be arrogant, but, um, it was really weird when I only knew myself running my own decisions. So now going to a company and we're still startup and I have a lot of responsibility, but like now I'm having to get like things approved by someone else and i'm Mm, riding on someone else's schedule and i'm like kind of riding on their thought of process so like that was a really big mental struggle for me right off the really yeah like you want to just like take a project and like i'm the i'm the guy guy taking the wheel opposite i felt confused i felt lost for a little bit i even questioned like damn did i make the right move and i'm really happy i did um i think i did make the right move but it was it was a very big mental shift to I have to make all the decisions in Minnesota, running Social Butterfly, getting my own clients, having that network to moving. I mean, I knew you were here. I knew Hui was here and I knew Iconic was moving here. I didn't know anyone else. I've been to Arizona maybe three or four times. It was in and out. Right. And so like to pick up and move when you have your whole network, your whole business really yep. like I had I had a lot going there. Right. Um, but when you look at it from the other perspective, it's like, okay, spend three years here and like think of the por- like the portfolio you can build and the business network and the people that you'll meet. So it's like, yeah. at first it was like, damn, we're really out here, huh? Um, <laughs> I feel that yeah. heavily. <laughs> but I, I do have to, I, I do have to give credit to Courtney, my girlfriend. She, uh, your sweet she, sweet girlfriend. My sweet sweet girlfriend. <laughs> she was. Uh, I'll have to tell you, bro. Like, if you can find a girlfriend that. You know, when I was looking between the two different options there of where I wanted to go. Of girlfriends. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, when no. I was looking between the two different options. <laughs> no, girlfriends. the no, two I'm different options of uh, where I wanted to go. I'm just not. She sure. didn't even want to give me her feedback because she didn't want to. Um, cloud the judgment. Yeah, she didn't want to cloud the judgment. 
And I thought that was really cool. And she was obviously willing to come out here and she's still working remote from her job. So Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. So it just like kind of all worked out and I've just, <clears throat> I've got to give it to the people around me, bro. Like mm -hmm. whether it's in Minnesota or here, like I just got really good people around me. And right. as I moved throughout here and like the people I stayed connected with, it's, uh, it's really reminded me of that. Yeah. No, I think it's, uh, it's, it's funny how you feel like you're really out there, but it, what a difference that a couple of years makes yeah. in one spot. Yeah. I mean, if you, I, looking back personally on back pocket on even the year 2019 or the th first three years we started back yeah. pocket 2017 to 2020, I mean, we recorded over 300 podcasts and so nuts, literally dude. I can look back and see all like that. We built the network off of just podcast after podcast after 100%. podcast. And it's like coming out here, just getting planted out here all of a sudden is like, um, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's honestly insane because, um, you have like the fear of like, I'm, I'm leaving something I left behind, but the yeah. coolest caveat that I realized on the back end of this now being a year out in Arizona is You've been out here a year, been out here since June. Yeah. Wow. Just getting relocated to Tucson. I and just then, hit six months. Right. Yeah. I remember you texted me. You said like, Hey man, I'm coming out right after uh, Christmas, right? Yeah. When it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right after Christmas. Right after Christmas. But, um, how, that network doesn't leave you. No, no. And uh, it's it's actually probably grown me closer. Yeah. You know, see, he saw it. He I saw, saw it. it. We're at the 22. Look at this. Just dude. producing our own podcast. Don't worry about us, dude. You got an excuse? No. We have no, <laughs> no walls, no excuses. No dude, walls, heard. no excuse. We'll get into <laughs> no that. Wall, yeah. All right. So we're back. Unfortunately, we're not as good as we thought we were to produce like our own podcast, dude. Yeah, you know, something's happened and something's happened for a yeah. reason. And, right? and this might be a good advertisement for if anyone's out there that might be uh, in Scottsdale or the greater Phoenix area and wants to learn how to produce <laughs> podcasts, I could use your help greatly, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Um, okay, so now the challenge is, is what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, network. Network about moving. Oh, on. yes. Okay, thank you. So. Um, very, very interesting situation because like, I personally didn't know a lot of people out here. Yeah, I had you moved my, out here with like no one, right? I moved out here with no one as well. Yeah. And I had a couple people that I would go visit every once in a while that I know yeah. out here. And you were probably like the second or third person. I was like, wow, that's a guy I would love to go hang out with on the weekends. Oh, yep. Um, with anyway, start with on the links. Hit, yeah, exactly. It started on the golf course, dude, as uh, most things do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's most <laughs> especially here in Arizona. But uh, it's, it's, it was so interesting. Um, for you, it was, it was much more extreme because it was like you're leaving. Uh, you were the identity of the company. You left Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And now that's not necessarily a thing of the past, but just something that is kind of something you reflect on or yep. is, a, is now just a kind of a milestone. Yep. Whereas like I was leaving thinking I was coming back initially. And then I also was leaving knowing that I had Andrew yeah. back in Minnesota, still being able to run everything. So right. like I wasn't really run everything as in just like keep, if there was anything that needed to be done in person in Minnesota, yeah, Andrew was there Andrew. to take care of it. That's sick that you guys 
were able to make that happen. Though. Yeah, and that allowed us to pivot really to this production company aspect where it was like, Great okay, move, by the way, I thank you, it. thank you, it. mad I, respect there. Yeah, thank you. Just speak a little closer to the mic. You know, speak. You know, Joe Rogan always says that. Yeah, he okay. always says that. <laughs> you as a, you gotta be honest. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Hundred percent. Not tell him you, because hundred percent. You're, you're going to be kicking yourself in post-production. <laughs> yeah. Like, why don't I just fucking tell him to move the mic a tad closer, you know? Yeah. Isn't 400 episodes in, you learned your lesson. Yeah, you know, we yeah. figured it out. Um, yeah, no, I and I appreciate that, man. I think it's uh, I think it's one of the cool things that um, I'm going through myself as a business owner or someone who's running a brand and is, like, thinking back again when I mentioned how we did 300 podcasts in three mm-hmm. years, like... Um, I was thinking back to 2019 where we did 120 in 40 weeks and that's disgusting. Three podcasts a week. That's disgusting. And I was just like thinking about if I were to do three podcasts a week right now, I was like, I'd shoot myself. Like <laughs> I don't want to do that. You no, know, it's a lot. We were posting nine pieces of content a week, three, three pieces of content for each episode. And we literally had that dialed in between Andrew and myself for four, 40 weeks straight. That's so nuts. Um, but that was the season of life we were in. Like yeah. we loved podcasting. 100%. So that's all we wanted to do. Yeah. And it's like now we well, don't. And when you get the momentum behind it, like you guys just started getting more and more momentum. You started throwing parties and like get togethers. Right. And so like you guys had a good community around it. Right. So. And still do. And, yeah. I, and I think the, the coolest thing that we've been able to do, and I think you've done as well, which we'll get right back into is this idea of the pivot. Like mm-hmm. your pivot was, let me go work for someone else because first off, I've never even done that, yep. which in comparison to most 24 year olds at that time, like they're working for like big, Sam, like Uncle Sam, you yeah. know, like they're working for someone yeah. else yeah. and they're usually a massive company or, or some sort of situation where they're not the boss, you yeah. know, I'm not saying that's a bad experience or anything at all, but it's kind of what I feel like Jack Ma is getting at. Yeah. Is this idea of like go go work for someone else, and if you can possibly work for someone else, work for someone who you really really look up to, so right. you can get stoked on it every yeah. day. Right. Um. So so that was that that's a that that point alone is awesome because yeah. I think just your situation is so unique in the sense that you were able to have so much success in the first five six years of that business, mm-hmm. and then able to recognize that you really didn't want to do it as much anymore. And you also wanted to do something where you weren't in that same position. You didn't like pivot to start a new company. You right. just pivoted to work underneath a company that you really cared about. So right. I think you made a great move. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a tough decision. But, um, you know, like I said, I want to challenge myself. And so to pick up and start something new, it's uh, it was good for me. Right. So do you feel like... Uh, you you enjoy it. you're you're cool with like the heat like how cool is it i feel like for us when we moved from minnesota it was like kind of the coolest thing ever to like be in january and it was like warm out i will admit like every single day still kind of feels like a vacation yep. while i'm here a little bit yeah especially on the weekends a little bit. like <laughs> being able to like swim in the pool like year round like there's definitely some upside to okay it. you also live at a resort you know that, right? <laughs> you live at a fucking resort dude i'm not gonna lie so we had like 12 uh a showings. little bit closer we had 12 showings we had 12 My showings guy. um we had 12 showings for like all these different apartments when we wanted to move out here to tour you went to 12 oh, no, no. Wait, hold on, hold on. yeah oh, okay sorry and sorry. uh me and courtney were celebrating we uh we saw one and we were celebrating uh, actually downstairs where we're at right now, culinary dropout, right up, right down there. Um, and uh, we ended up taking like 10 shots of tequila. 
Nice. And we were, and that's actually when I FaceTimed you and I said, I'm moving down here. Or, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. 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 We were talking about yes. something. Yes. And, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I bounced back the next morning, but Courtney unfortunately did not. And so we had all these showings and it was our one day to go and see all the different places we wanted to live. You at. had all 12 booked in a day. Yeah. We were just nice. going to like hop around and just like, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out at the end of the day. And Courtney wasn't feeling too hot. And, uh, yeah, we uh, were just like, all right, well, let's just go with option one. We like that one. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, here we are. Yeah. That's the way to do it, dude. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, it's, it's just cool. Um, I think it's so worthy and necessary to move out of a place where you feel really comfortable. Yeah. Like hundred percent. Did you grow up in Minnesota? Yeah. I grew up in Minnesota. Okay. I grew up in a, I grew up in Rogers and then <clears throat> it's like 35, 40 minutes, uh, of the suburbs. But then when I was in Mankato, I was in Mankato for five or six years mm-hmm. and we built a really good community down there. And then I actually moved up into Minneapolis with Ian and we were in Minneapolis, St. Paul for about two years. And that's mm-hmm. when things really started to take off. Cause right. we kind of left the small town Mankato college town, moved up to Minneapolis, started being closer with you guys and some of the other people that we worked with in Minneapolis. And then enter Lincoln drink and other things like <sighs> Dude, that. Lincoln drink. I, I mean, if there's one thing that I really miss, yeah. it's Lincoln drink. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was, that was just. Yeah, dude, it was good energy. A lot of good people pulled through, and it was it was fun to like rally around. I mean, you know how it is with Bocella, or I mean the the party that got canceled by Coachella. The boat, the the party that the boat party that got a cease and desist yeah, from that's Coachella. What it is. That's the tag formally. Right. Yeah, formally. <laughs> um, it was really it was really cool to you know aside from the agency to have my same team who was working at the agency kind of rally around this like one event and like event businesses are fun. I mean, they're extremely stressful. I know, I know how you feel, but, um, they were fun, dude, because it's an, it's a, it's like a delayed gratification, but then like that gratification hits hard on the day of the event. And it's like, you see all those people there, everyone's smiling, having a good time. And yeah, I do miss like a drink. Yeah. Well, we can, uh, we can bring it back. Let's do it. Don't worry. Let's do it. We can definitely bring it back. We've had conversations on this. We did. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk logistics and whatnot later, but, um, Andrew and I, our mindset was, uh, when you reached out to us about like trying to rectify it, um, our mindset was like, absolutely. Cause Lincoln drink was so fun. Yeah. Like, like literally there was, that was like the one place in town where Andrew and I could show up and like, I mean, again, this kind of goes back to your ego conversation, but it was the one place in town where we could show up and like everyone knew who you were. hundred <laughs> percent. It was like kind of cool. You it's nice up, to like, dabble into those kind of Everyone was like, around. oh, back pocket, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so that was sick. But like the, you already touched on the idea of just like this really cool communal networking yeah. event, which like most of the time when you say networking event, you want to throw up. hundred percent. Like, the only way you're throwing up a Lincoln drink was if you drank too much. <laughs> right, right. Honestly. No, it was, it was wild, bro. Um, yeah, and, and what's really cool is, you know, uh, with this date night podcast and how we put, we we live streamed it on Twitch. Oh, yeah. But didn't broadcast it at the bar like uh, Lincoln Drink did with the panel system. Yep. Um, I think there could be something there. I think if you had some sort I of agree. live event, but just like Twitch streamed it. I agree. And then if people wanted to tune in, they had their, they have their AirPods in their phone. Yeah. And if they didn't and just wanted to 
get drunk and talk to people like they all do, like, yeah. <laughs> then they could do that. 100%. I'm and so you. that was what we were talking about with Joe Colsey on 317, actually, which was super funny. About uh, about Lincoln Drink? Lincoln Drink. We, if you go back and listen to that, I'll send you like the show note of when we talk about it. But I think we legitimately spent 20 minutes like brainstorming like how we would throw Lincoln Drink at some point. That's so and funny. I'd w- love to see it happen, bro. Yeah. I'd love to see it happen. We just got to get through Bocella. Yeah, 100%. The... We'll call it Bochella, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we got just it's it's in two weeks. We got to get we just got to hammer yeah, that, right. execute it, and then move we on. will move on to yeah. Lincoln Drink Date Night Podcast and the other events we got this the rest of the year. But You're stacked, dude. We were very stacked, but um, yeah. So you okay? So sorry, I interrupted. That was a Lincoln or that was a Lincoln Drink tangent. But you you basically moved into the Minneapolis, and then you the the network expanded. And it really accelerated. yeah. We got a lot of momentum behind us. I mean. We started working with some really cool clients in Minneapolis. We started growing, and there's always those hiccups within growth. And yeah, that's ultimately like I think we were in Minneapolis, St. Paul for we had our our Minneapolis office for just about a year cool. before I closed it down. So. Right on. No, that's that's super cool. Yeah. The uh, yeah, no, it's just I I think it's it, that it. What's funny about creating a network is it just takes like genuine attention and it takes time. Hundred percent. Like I was out. Nothing else either. It's like just those two things. Yeah, just like go be a human and hang out with the people you want to, and then things will kind of happen. And um, for me personally, I was like after the first um six six months for myself, you know, sitting in December of twenty twenty, you know, factoring COVID and a bunch of things, but I was just like kind of looking at what I was doing from a week to week standpoint. And I was like, you know, there's not like, I'm not doing, I I had just actually moved to the Phoenix area or to the RV at the very end of the year Yeah, in November. And I was just kind of sitting alone out there, probably a little stoned. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, I got stoned like almost every day when I was out there by myself. I I don't know what else you were doing. People ask me if like, that's the only thing I do out there is smoke (laughs) weed and hang out in the RV. It's kind of true. It was true. I guess I don't do it as much anymore, but, um, I was sitting out there and I was just like, dang, like what's, what's my network right now? Like I don't got a network. You know, yeah. It's a weird thing to think about, but I was just like, there's not much, like I don't have, I'm not, I'm not taking as much initiative as I once was. And I yeah. think a lot of it was just because I was moving around so many, yeah. so much time and I was working 70 hours a week. Like my construction job for the first time ever was like consuming my life and I fucking hated it. <laughs> like I was working, I was, I worked th- 31 days straight. I worked an entire month without a day off. Why? I, I had, like, that was just the requirement that was wow. instilled on me. Wow. It was brutal. Wow. Worked every day. Now, granted, that some of those days were, like, show up to work, make sure everything's in place, yeah. and then go play golf. But still. But, like, you're still, like, showing up at yeah. 6 a.m. to do yeah. the thing. You know, like, it was, like, constant. I've got, I've got a lot of respect for you, but that just gained another 3% of respect. Thanks, dude. Yeah. It's a big 3%. <laughs> it's a big that's, 3%. That's three days. That's yeah, three <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, thank you though. I appreciate it. But like, it was. I was just like, you know, I, I I gave myself a little bit of an excuse. Like, okay, you know, you were busy. You were moving around. It was COVID. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But going forward, now that we have, now that we have addressed the situation of no network, like we need to do something in 2021 that's yeah. going to make a difference. And. uh you know, I started going back to comedy in the Phoenix area and started meeting some comics there. Um, picked up a girlfriend all of a sudden. 
Your sweet, sweet girlfriend. My sweet, sweet girlfriend. God damn it. She's awesome. Christina <laughs> had her on the podcast. Um, she she just rocks. Yeah, she's uh, great. Very similar to Courtney in terms of the sweetness. Yep. Uh, and just a cool person. And uh, yeah, so she, she shacks up in the RV. But the it, it's just been cool to see how, like, I don't think I've really gained... I haven't, if you wanted to quantify in terms of like people in my network, I don't think I've gained a bunch of people in my yeah. network in the, in the Phoenix area, but I've certainly felt like I've done something more than I have before. And it's all based on relationship. Well, there's something to say about when you talk about network, there's two things that I look at. There's how many people are you connected to? But then there's a second layer. It's like, how deep are you connected to them? And so I think when you moved out here, you know, me and you became closer. Right. Me, you and Ian became closer. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, just moving out of your hometown, you start to like really realize like who you can connect with and who you can rely mm -hmm. on. So I think it took it like past a few degrees of, you know, how deep are you connected to these people? Right. So then like for you, when you moved out here and you, you know, you, you briefly touched on like you, your maybe your first couple months in, in the iconic system. Uh, as an employee rather than like an owner or or a CEO or whatever. Yeah. Um, what was that like? Like, how are you able to like immerse yourself? When did you start feeling like comfortable in the situation? Um, I mean, I've I've done a lot. I just I haven't seen as much as they have. But backing up a few steps. How could you, dude? You're only 25. <laughs> They're 31 and 36. Mark's, yeah. Mark's old as shit. He's like 36, right? He's like 34. Okay. Jeff's 31. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was, it was tough. There was definitely a learning curve. Um, they run a really big business that's moving really fast mm -hmm. and they have a lot of different facets that you can tap into, but I just look at every opportunity where it's like, I'm going to give it my best shot and I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. And mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be learning lessons along the way, but, um, they, I mean, when I went on, they, they kind of let me know, like, yo, like you're kind of like the third guy, you know, we, Mark is very business. Jeff's very creative. So like similar conversation that I was talking about that I was struggling with, like finding that fine line. Um, so the role that I'm in now, it's like, I find a good touch of like being able to tap into the creative, but I'm also very intertwined with like operations and the business side. Oh, dude. Yeah. What so a perfect like, situation. Yeah, yeah. So like it kind of worked out. Um, Damn. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I jumped over because I, I kind of saw that opportunity opening up and they were asking for a lot and willing to give a lot for me to make that jump. And so, cool. I mean, just Damn. as much as I invested into them by shutting my business down and moving out here, they invested a lot into me. And yeah, man, it's been, it's been a lot. I'm definitely a lot smarter than I was six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's, that's exactly, what I wanted. That's what you wanted. And yeah. that's like also kind of the idea of like what it's like working under someone, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going to learn something different when you're yeah. in a different environment entirely. Yeah. And like, we're still a, we're still a smaller company. So like, I mean, when we have, when we're positioning bigger business deals, like Mark's pulling me aside and like really explaining it so that I can get some more insight on it. God, that's gotta be so cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. like Mark is like, to me, I mean, I've only met Mark twice. Yeah, that's um, all you need. But he, <laughs> dude, he is so, like, gung-ho. Like, his energy is so, like, dialed. Great energy. And he is so willing to help. Like, if you're in his, I would say, like, if you're in his circle or if he, like, cares and wants, is yeah. invested in you, like, yeah. you feel that investment. So, yeah. Like, I can imagine these kind of situations where he's pulling you aside and, like, yeah. how 
impactful that could possibly be. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I mean, like even just a situation like doing the the loop in with you in the No Excuses campaign. The No Excuses campaign. Oh yeah. Yeah. That shit was nuts. So how that all started was, I mean, do you want to flip these one more time? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and flip them. And then we'll jump into the RV. Yeah, great call. I'm going to I'm going to open Brandon, up the beer. I'm yeah. going to open up the third beer for you yeah, too. Yeah, dude. Thank you, man. Wow. Look at this. Yeah, I don't do math. I don't like math or I just forget where I'm supposed to be doing my no, math. From. No, you said you've always been good at math, so counting your macros <laughs> hasn't been a problem. Man, yeah, counting my <laughs> macros hasn't been a problem. Uh so <clears throat> how the whole RV campaign happened is Right. Well, hold on. Let's let's contextualize first so like for the people who are listening who have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Okay. Well, I think the way that I'll tell the story will contextualize. Perfect. It. Sorry. So um we were sitting at the table one day and uh, I brought up to Ian, I think you guys posted something. Something happened where the Neckland photo top like popped into my mind. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, Jeff, you're a Photoshop wizard. I'm gonna show you something that looks Photoshop, but it's not Photoshopped. And I was like, <laughs> I got my homie, uh, Declan. He actually lives in Arizona. He actually lives in an RV in Arizona and He's got this crazy photo that makes his neck look massive. And Jeff is still <laughs> convinced to this day that, that that photo is photoshopped. He's still convinced. Um, oh, but anyways, the minute that he saw that photo, he's like, okay, this guy's interesting. We should create a character around him. And we were talking about our next upcoming campaign, and we were just like, okay, well, let's try something with this guy, Declan. <laughs> and what's funny is if you go – so. To give you guys context, um, we did a campaign with Declan, and he was our mystery customer for 4th of July, and we obviously sell home decor, and Declan's home is an RV. And so we, uh, we did a whole like parody campaign where he bought all these canvases, but he had nowhere to hang them, and we spun the campaign off as no walls, no excuses. And when we do these parody campaigns, they're usually over-exaggerated. It's a crazy storyline. But the best part about working with Declan is we didn't have to curate anything. It was already his <laughs> life. This man, yes. he's got a beautiful mullet, has some speed shades just on deck right. in every color. And he lives in an RV. Yeah, it came with the props yeah, for the came, most part. Like literally, <laughs> we just like, I started telling Jeff more and more about your life. And he's like, this is the perfect campaign. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And so, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we just kind of pieced the whole thing together and, you know, we drove out to you and we dropped the whole campaign. If you want to go check it out, it's on at iconic on Instagram, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it was great to, uh, it felt really full circle for me. That's how I know I made the right decision is like, I was able to work with my friends, make it fun. We had a really successful campaign Good. and it was fun, dude. Like we drove out to you. I was still mind blown, like how far you actually live away from the house. So far. <laughs> we pulled up in the U-Haul. Legitimately like, an hour and a half yeah. from the iconic house. And I'm driving this U-Haul with all this art and we're like filming and it was just such a genuine reaction. We're like, holy shit, is he really all the way out here? This place looks like a movie set. I mean, there's all this old Western like props basically and it's got like this wooden <laughs> archway with this little sign on it. Like it is just like the most perfect setting for this campaign. And, uh, I mean, you were obviously great to work with and I think we had a lot of fun with it and yeah. yeah, we just rolled it out, but it felt good to like work with you and like Ian was a part of the team and mm -hmm. 
um, to just create the messaging and storyline around it was just, it was fun, man. Yeah. I mean, to touch on, I'll, I'll get deeper with it eventually, but like to touch on the, uh, just the actual shooting day itself and like how that all came together. I mean, I just remember you texting me like, Hey dude, uh, can we do a shoot uh, <laughs> at your place? And I'm like, never in a million years would I've moved into a place where it's the least attractive place to shoot anything. Uh, and then now you're texting me the one person that I know here that <laughs> shoots things is like, can we shoot at your RV? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, next question. Yeah. Uh, but like, dude, it was so hot that day, bro. It was so hot. And I, I was so miserable, just like sweating, like checking <laughs> off the, the shot list and like, um, we're like sprinting to different BTS shots. Cause we only I'm had like, a certain amount of time because we flew Jake in and yeah. Jake had like four hours to shoot before he had to go back to the airport. And so we're just trying to hit all the shot list and, um, <laughs> yeah, man, it was, and we have, so, I mean, I live obviously in an RV and I rent, uh, the space where I hook my RV up to my good boy buddy Doyle. Oh, Doyle. And he's a uh I mean he's a cowboy first and foremost. Yeah. Uh he's a professional bull rider for uh the majority of his life. He left his house when he was 18 in Arkansas and didn't stop bull riding until he ruptured his spleen Holy when shit. he was 40. Now he's just ripping bud lights. Now he just all he drinks is bud light, doesn't yeah. drink water. <laughs> and uh he him and my girlfriend Christina we're watching the entire director's <laughs> set go down. And, and Christina As was coming in and taking some like BTS Polaroids. Yeah. I gotta see those, by the way. Yeah, those she only took been... one and it's like kind of, Oh, actually, no, there's two of them. One of, one of them's really good, but okay. no one, you guys are in it. It's whatever. But <laughs> nonetheless, she was taking BTS Polaroids and uh, it was hot as shit. And Doyle is back there drinking Bud Light with Christina, watching this all go down. And Just, we're like hauling these massive canvases. And massive canvases. And if you've, never se- if you've never seen the art before and like we have like a bunch of them, you're like, what the hell is going on? shocked yeah by the way Doyle got a hell of a deal yeah he got the travel uh passport passport photo in trading for, uh he traded jeff a beer for yeah. a bud light obviously yeah. uh, he dude he told me he put that piece of art in his extra safe storage facility are you serious and he's gonna hang it up in his new house when it gets built love it love he, it he was like i took it right there <laughs> <laughs> <I love it. laughs> but another great part was the first scene is a uh is a drone shot of the u-haul coming in to the uh the place where i live mm-hmm. where the rv's parked and um it's pretty cool you know it fall, the first shot is obviously from behind the u-haul and it and it uh kind of gets the perspective of the u-haul coming in but the shot from behind is like me jumping way too close to the edge of the rv <laughs> we watched <laughs> looking back at that <laughs> we watched that in slow we're like oh my god what a ballsy that move been, that <laughs> such a liability <laughs> that been a and what's one. funny dude is i gotta give a shout out to my buddy jake ebel he owns a, a, a company called Shutter Bombs, and it's those smoke bombs. Yeah, yeah. And so he sent the, he's like, yeah, man, like I, I bought this company. I'm starting to run this e-com brand. And he sent me like like 20 smoke bombs. And he's like, yeah, like just use them if you want them. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with smoke bombs? Two months later, this opportunity rolls up, and I was like, guys, I've got the perfect prop. We've got 20 smoke bombs. So then when we got Declan on top of the RV, we had him pull a blue and a red one and he's just kind of waving them down like he's flagging us and uh yeah you got to go watch the campaign it's funny it's It's hysterical so anyways when we're taking so we decided right when we got there you know like okay what's the hardest shot to get obviously the drone shot let's go ahead and make that happen like 
It's the first shot. It's most important. It's kind of the most legendary shot of the yeah. whole thing, if we're being honest. Yeah. Jake did a great job in post on it. But anyways, it's literally two shots. So we, yeah. have, so we have four total smoke bombs, two red, two blue. Yeah. You know, we make sure this thing fucking works, right? <laughs> so the first time we do it, great. Second time we do it, uh, Jake's coming from behind me. And so he has to fly into the neighbor's yard and then oh, come yeah. back around and then kind of come over my head as, oh, yeah. uh, for the shot. And we find out, we find this out later, like an hour into the shoot. But still on the shoot. Still on, still <laughs> shooting. Doyle pulls me aside and he's like, hey, just so you know, the neighbor called and he said, I'll fucking shoot that drone down if it flies over one more time. You know me, Doyle, I'll do it. So like literally the drone was about to be shoot, shot down. And uh, honestly, that probably would have made the campaign better. If it's just like <laughs> mid flag down and just get shot out <laughs> and like blacked out. Can you imagine if just like a, uh, your drone gets sniped out of the air? I mean, like honestly, I wouldn't have been that mad. It would have been kind of cool. I, I don't mean, even gotta. I don't even really fly it. What a marksman! Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been a great shot. I mean, R.I.P. to Jake's drone potentially. It's my drone. Your drone. It was my drone. I mean, what a, what that would have been terrible. It, it would have been all right. But yeah, overall, that shoot. I mean, that was my first ever like act in front of camera type thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, I had some I had some slip ups here and there, but it's I think right. for the most part, like. I felt pretty comfortable on camera. Yeah. I also felt like the moments that I... So you guys had sent me the script, by the way, which was yep. great. Yep. Jeff sent me the script. I go the the night before and even the night before that, too, because I had two nights to prepare. I was just like sitting in, in my RV just writing jokes for every single shot in my, in my joke book. <laughs> I love like, it. I feel like this is the only way I really would know how to like conjure something up. Ended up working great. Um, it's just funny that I had like my joke broke the whole time as I was like... <laughs> Uh, saying different lines yeah. and whatnot. Um, but dude, what a that was just so fun! Like, yeah. what an opportunity! I, like, I just never thought that was something like that was possible. Yeah. And then it just—I mean, we we pulled it off, and I'm glad the campaign went well. Yeah, it went great. And hopefully, there's more to come. There will be more to come. That's great. Yeah. And, uh, but and and honestly, now to get deeper with it, like, the coolest part about that, and you mentioned like Ian was there, meeting Jeff for the first time. Jake from Jake, the content guy from California, he's killer. Jake Dom. Uh, but the, but the coolest part was just like, dude, I've known these guys for three years. Mm -hmm. They've both come on my podcast, on our, I should say our podcast, multiple times where mm -hmm. we've just chopped it up and had a good time. We've helped you throw Lincoln Drink. We've, mm -hmm. You've helped multiple us with Lincoln multiple Lincoln Drinks. You've helped us with Bocella, mm -hmm. multiple Bocellas. Mm -hmm. um, and we we've literally became friends because of recording podcasts together and yeah. being in the same city. Yeah. And then for like us to, I mean, obviously create a genuine, genuine relationship and just a good, uh, a good friendship overall. And then for you to come out to Arizona and then just like give me the coolest opportunity of all time. Like yeah. that, what a, what a full circle moment. Right. I mean, everything happens for a reason, bro. And, uh, the minute that like iconic was starting to like, okay, maybe we could do something with this. I mean, I, I wanted to really make it happen and make it something special and, mm -hmm. Like you said, I mean, we've helped you, you've helped us, and I think there shouldn't be a reason that stops. Right, you know? and you, and I, I just think it's so cool. Like, and and I just want to say thank you again. Like, of course, bro, thanks for coolest, doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think it's it's honestly the coolest thing that it all kind of happened and it culminated and had success, mm -hmm. and it's probably gonna happen again. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I, I mean, I texted you this, and you texted me back. And you're like, dude, there's nothing cooler. There's nothing cooler than winning with your friends. Hundred percent. It's like. I mean, we've all seen like the motivational pages where it's like the guy standing at the top and he's by himself. And it's like, to me, that doesn't seem fun, bro. Mm -mm. I'd rather, I'd rather be at the top with my friends and 
everyone's got their own measurement of like what the top looks like, but doing it with your friends, you can look around and it's like, you, you know that you, those people are genuine, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people make right. these moves where they just jump, 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 jump. And they're very like selfish with their moves and teach their own. But for me, I want to be looking around when we're all at the top and it's like, damn bro, you know, we really did this from the bottom. We, we started here, we went there and now we're here, you know? Right. And, and I think it's just, you know, everyone has their own path, right? Everyone's got their own hero's journey to yeah. some degree, but I think it's just cool that like, when your friends can nudge you in the right direction or give you some sort of opportunity that you never would have had before that puts you on a different trajectory yeah. to help you get somewhere that you never would have thought. Yeah. Like, you know, how cool was to feel like I was like legitimately doing comedy and legitimately feeling like I was on a set. It was your, it was your pre Netflix special. I, it felt like, it. I mean like <laughs> legitimately I was like, wow, this could easily, like I feel just as much fulfillment from like writing the jokes, executing and then like, uh, watching the product come to life. Like mm -hmm. I was like, I get just as much fulfillment, if not more in a different sense than I would going up on stage and talking. With I love people. that. And I was like, I would have never had that opportunity had it been for Brandon and had it even been, if you wanted to scale it back before, had it even, never even like started the podcast or had it never even showed up to a random event in Rochester in 2018 <laughs> to go see Gary Vee. Shout out Nick Zeppa, bro. Right? Shout Isn't that just Nick like Zach. that? That in itself is a nuts scenario. And it's, and it's fun to trace those steps back. Did um, you know at that event, that was the last day that Ian was living in Minnesota. He actually moved out to Portland. That was the day before he moved to Portland. So, Interesting. So... I had just worked with Gary on the Super Bowl, and then two weeks later, the um, Rochester Get Me Gary V event happened, and I uh, I texted Nick. I actually messaged him on Facebook because he was big on Facebook, and someone can I think it was Blake. He is An big on Facebook. Big Facebook guy. <laughs> uh, I think Blake Anderson from Visionary uh, Manufacturing connected me with him. He's like, "Hey, like this guy's filming Gary V. He asked me if I know anyone that can film something, and I shot him your name." And uh, Ended up talking to him and I was like, yo man, like I'll do all the video production. Like my company will do it all. And like we did it for like super cheap because it was another portfolio builder and I was helping him. He was in deep with the event. And I was like, my only ask is I want all of my employees front row to see oh, Gary. Nice. Vee. That's cool. And so what an I, ask. Yeah. And then I was like, I also want a few filmer passes. So I brought Huey, I brought the Brodskis, and then it was myself wow. all on stage filming Gary and really yeah nick's doing this podcast and we're all in the back room we're all kind of looking no one said a single thing it was really crazy bro i still remember this day like like it was yesterday and we're all looking at each other and, and it was like nick gary were talking they were deep in this moment and i was just like looking at bro like ben i was looking at Huey, and i'm like damn this is this is cool and then gary went on stage and like me and Huey were filming and it was just like this epic shot and then i looked down and I see all of like my good friends and the people that worked with me just front row, dead center. And it was cool because I held up my end of the bargain. Nick held his end up at the bargain. And because of that, I met you guys. I met some other people. And it just really exploded from there. But it was just such a cool moment. And that was actually when Ian was going to move out to Portland. So he's like, after the event, he's like, dude, that was so sick. Had such a good time. Like catch you guys when I catch you guys. And he was right. still going to work for us. He was going to work remote and he was going to work yeah. in Portland. He went out there for like about a month and had a uh, change of mind. And he <laughs> called back, me, yeah. he called me and he's just like, look, man, like 
I moved out to Portland and I think it's the wrong decision. And I'm not moving out. I'm not moving back solely because of Butterfly, but like there's a good portion of, I just feel like I'm missing out on this opportunity. And he moved back and we really started kickstarting stuff with Butterfly. But if you look back at my videos, like how energized I was about Butterfly, it was like, there was just all these like crazy moments happening where it was like, dude, there's so many people believing behind this idea, behind this company that are like moving back and like willing to work their first job out of college where most people who go get a salary way higher than what I was able to afford. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to take that cut to like be a part of the vision. Yeah. And that was also a big reason why it was tough to shut it down because it was like so many people believed in me, but I felt like I couldn't take it to the next level fast enough to give people what they deserved and ultimately that's what i made my decision on right dude i it again just like that that moment of you looking down the line of like all your friends or like yeah in that in that back room i gotta go back and Gary find v. that clip dude it was it was it's insane it's it's the coolest thing like winning with your friends and yeah. it's so funny like you mentioned all those people and like how do you mention those names to me when i was at the event uh <laughs> and my story to the event i'll tell that in a sec but like I didn't know any of those people before that. I don't not even, even you. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry. I don't remember meeting you there. I don't think we met there. I just saw that you were the production it. behind it and then asked you to come on the podcast. And Got we actually it. met at our front door. Yeah. That was the first time I actually the met The first time we met was actually But I think we podcast. were like talking on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wild. So we never actually met at the Wild. at the event, but we were we had met on the podcast, which I think is even cooler. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, the way so I stayed up for twenty four hours uh, that same day. I went to the Gary Vee event because I'd work at like four a.m. that day. Left work at like four or five p.m. Went to go to the event. Giselle Ugardi got yep. me a ticket to go because she was opening for Gary Vee. Got it. And I just went in not knowing where the tickets and how this, they were spaced out. So yep. I just like kind of walked my way to the very front <laughs> and sat down. I mean, and so why I, else would you do it? Literally different? by myself. Drove out to Rochester. I was like, oh, it's not even Andrew. It was no, Andrew didn't come because he it was uh, I think he was in with in Hilton Head or something with his family. Oh, yeah. You know, it wasn't. Even yeah. There. yeah. Um, went by myself, drove out, um, thought Rochester was like 20 minutes away. It was like an hour <laughs> And I was like, okay, it's so I'm going to so be late to the event right on by myself. Yep. Don't know where I'm going to sleep. I was like, I'm just going to sleep in my car. Hopefully that'll work out. So show up, meander in and Giselle's like halfway through her talk, pretty much wrapping up yep. and like everyone's like sitting watching and like no one was going to like stop me from going and trying to find my seat. So I was like, I don't even know where I'm supposed to sit, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. And Walk basically all the way to the front, sit down, had the time of my life watching, you know, Gary and then Theo. He had Theo Vaughn. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I had just found Theo Vaughn and, and I hadn't even started comedy yet. And after I saw Theo Vaughn. Is that what sparked it? Yes. And after I saw Theo Vaughn, I was like, I have to go yeah. do comedy. Like, he this had a guy's, great show. He had a great set. Yeah. That was funny, dude. It, it's it's insane like how that all kind of culminated but i think what it really comes down to when you when you fast forward through the entire thing and like the reason we're able to even talk about any of this type of stuff is because we we act with good intention and we're hustlers like, we just work hard we work hard towards the thing that we like i'm not going to try and make it a grandiose thing yeah, yeah, what yeah. it actually is it, we, we work hard towards towards the things we like and like that just brings so much fulfillment when you put yourself in the right situations 100 percent. simply yeah yeah, I would I would say looking back on it, that 
that day was pretty pivotal. Yeah. Who like take social butterfly out of it if you yeah. want. Take back pocket out of it if you want. Just the fact that you were in that situation with a bunch of your friends because of some other things that you're yeah. doing behind the scenes to basically energize you to get to that point. Like that it's hard to get to that point, yeah, right? 100%. <laughs> but it's also just like so cool that yeah. it happened. And yeah. I think that's like the coolest part. I mean, we will look back at this RV shoot, I'm sure at some point, just be like, dude, can you remember? It was like me, you, <laughs> Jeff, Ian. Like, yeah, I hope so. You know, it's just, um, it's, it's cool to continue to do that. You yeah. Know? And that's the, that was the kind of thing I touched on with like this whole network thing. It's like your network call what you want, quantify what you want. If you can just have some sort of these experiences because of the good intention you put into the world, there's nothing better. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure it's crazy for you because you've had 400 plus episodes and you've seen all these 300. People. We're not at 400. You're not at 300 yet. No, we're, at, we're, at, we're not at 400, but yet. you are at 300, but we are at 300. We're in the Anyways, in 300. hundreds of podcasts. You've, sure. you've interviewed hundreds of people. To see them, you know, just even transform over the last few years. I mean, I got a, I got a good sight of that just through, you know, owning a business. Like mm -hmm. even like Spencer Sufflo. Yeah. The dude's Great crushing guy. it. He texted me the other day and <clears throat> I won't disclose too much, but he's just like, look, man, like I just, I wanted to let you know, I'm not bragging by any means, but I know like we both know where we both came from and I just got done with a six figure set. Cool. And, it, and that's like nice. It gives me goosebumps, and it's like, dude, I'm just so happy for you. You know, yeah. like it's so cool to see where you came from. And dude, I met Spencer. I I had you know in like uh, maybe St. Thomas. You went to St. Thomas, right? Yeah. I don't know if St. Thomas had this, but Mankato had these like tabling sessions where vendors could table and like basically like advertise or sell to people in the student union where all the people were so there's a lot of like housing there was a lot of like companies looking to hire you yeah. know all these things oh wow and so okay. it was like 200 bucks to rent a table for the day or something maybe even like 100 bucks and so i rented one and i just brought a monitor and i printed out social butterfly on a piece of paper and i taped it to the table and i just played videos that we made and i was like there's no one in mankato that makes videos and i was i was like i'm the only one whatever <laughs> and this kid rocks around and he's like yo do you make videos did you guys make these and i was like yeah and he's like, I make videos. I was like, sweet, man. Send me your portfolio. Long behold, it's a legendary Spencer Sufflo. Damn. And That's we ended insane. up working together. And we worked together for, I think, two or three years. And then he ended up doing his own thing, which I highly respect. But it's just so crazy to see how people transform and, like, oh, the yeah. way they spin things off. And I just love it, man. Yeah, I mean, we're all, and again, we're all so young, so like, obviously, these things are developing. I know we're like, we're like talking, like, oh man, like, like we're so old. cool, and it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's, no I'll tell you one thing: a lot of shit happens in a few years. Yeah, exactly. a lot of shit happens in a few and, years, and that's why it's fun to, it's fun to reflect, but it's also like fun to just kind of sit in it and like be present with it because yeah. there's really nothing better. I mean, like, who's to say what's gonna happen now? Not really gonna talk about it. Not really gonna try and conjure it. Just gonna keep attacking the day yeah. every single day. Yeah. And it's important. Um, I was having a conversation with Mark about this the other day. It's really important when you feel like you're under the water or like you're having a bad day, like just look back at like everything you've accomplished, mm -hmm. you know, whether how yeah. small or big, but it's so good to look back and reflect. Cause I think especially now on social media, like people are scrolling and comparing themselves and just like seeing what everyone else is doing, but to sit back and look at your own flowers, like there's a lot of power into that. Yeah. Like when I was going through uh, before like the iconic uh, deal launched, 
um <laughs> like mark was like hey dude like i gotta be honest you gotta like clean up your fucking profile because like i don't think anyone wants to see like well we have half a million followers so right it was, like, no like it was it was just like good genuine traffic and like obviously hindsight and i'll have this conversation with mark at some point but i'm just like ah you know what had i just boiled it down to like one post it would have just like i think you would have gained a lot more it would have worked way more because the curiosity just would have been there 100 percent. and it's just like i we didn't, didn't want to be too overpowering we didn't want to like i didn't understand look i'm stubborn yeah it's not, and i, I didn't really too. understand the idea behind it i was like why would i just get rid of everything that i've done did you this? delete them or archive them i i archived everything okay. and, and I, I brought it all back eventually but yeah. like and, and and again it was more of just like in a mechanism thing too. I was like, really? I got to spend like all this fucking time to do this. Like, dude, I think if you would have archived them all, if I archived every single one, except for like one post, the yearbook one, the yearbook one, the yearbook one, dude, that one was so funny. The one with my friends dating my sister. Yeah. And it's like, it's like driving into your character. It just would have been in. And here's the thing. If you would have, if you would have archived every single one of them, except for like one or two photos, and then you brought them back. No one would have known. No one would have known. No one would have so known. So annoying. It's all right. It's so annoying. Lesson. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. I just, I, I just wanted to vocalize that because like, I knew. I was like, <laughs> God damn it. You know, they're right. And it's obvious that, I mean, it's easy to see that now um, for myself. But when I was going through in the situation, I was like looking at my fucking feed as like <laughs> an ego complex. I was like, what is this? I, I mean, mean. But to your point, what I was bringing that up is just because it was fun to look back i was like wow you know i've yeah. done a lot you know, yeah. it's kind of cool whatever archive archive <laughs> <laughs> well you brought him back we brought him back we brought him back um but who's to say that i couldn't have another opportunity hopefully i do to you'll maybe get one. capitalize you'll get one all right one more producer break one more producer break all right we're back dude we're back we're back we didn't even leave but we're back we didn't even leave but we're back we're actually just sitting in the same spot <laughs> anyways if, if you're in it and again if you're if you are Someone who wants to produce podcasts or wants to learn how to produce podcasts, we could use your skills very heavily. Yeah, then we wouldn't have to have the timer. Oh, yeah. You know what I did? I closed my phone. Uh, don't worry about it, dude. It's no big deal. Oh, we're still running. Reset. Good man. Yeah, I I, I learned my lesson. Put it that way. It's all good. It's all good. We'll, it's all good. we'll figure it out. But uh, no, it, you're right, dude. It's, it's cool to you. You gotta just you gotta you gotta expand perspectives. Um, and I think looking back and just reminding yourself every once in a while that you do cool shit mm-hmm. is like a good way to just make sure that you continue to keep moving. Yeah. hundred percent. If it's, I, I hate to put it that simply, but, uh, cause dude, I mean, when you, the, the craziest part for me personally is like how I'm just such a, like a, like like a like I, I just I'm a go-getter I just keep pushing forward yeah. into That's avenues that I really like to do and so I get overwhelmed like very easily and then I need to work on like making sure I hire enough people to like make sure I can just keep doing my own thing yep. and uh it's it's just funny to like have to try and balance that all of a sudden and you run into like new problems all the time and yeah. I think it goes back to this idea of the pivot where it's like your pivots are always trying to solve the same problem over and over again. How can I maximize like the happiness and like the the lane of what I think would be success? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh man, I'm overwhelmed. Never doing Bro. that again. I, I 
I, that's that's actually the reason why we had this conversation. I had this conversation with Mark, where he was telling me like, "Dude, look back on your own like your own flowers," and that's why he sent me that f that first DM that I ever sent him. He's like, "Bro, that was three years ago. Mm -hmm. Now look at where you're at. You know, you're right. way high up in iconic, and you're doing all these crazy things. Where it's like, <clears throat> I I I can articulate. Um, how do I say this?" I think about this all the time, but I don't always act on it. And what I think mm. about all the time is if you're not having problems, you're not growing. If everything's all good and everything's all kosher, I mean, we all have goals, right? And if you're not growing or if you're not having problems, then you're not growing. Mm. And so if everything's just all good, then like you're kind of complacent, right? If you're not failing, you're not learning. Right. I mean, fail fast, fail, fail fast, fail early and fail often. Mm. That was one of the pieces that, I bought from Iconic that I hung right above my door and or right above my uh, my desk. And it's so easy to say these things, right? It's so easy to say these like motivational quotes, but to imply them into your like and instill them into your everyday life is very hard, especially when you feel overwhelmed, right? Um, but I mean, it's true. Like y you should look at every opportunity like, okay, Obviously, you want to do a good job, but like the faster you fail, the faster you're going to learn how to not do it and mm -hmm. you're going to get closer yep. to how to do it. Right? Totally. Um, but even just like when you feel overwhelmed, it's like take a deep breath, work one step at a time and figure it out. Right. It's so a good point on that is like when I think of why Iconic is so great in terms of like the branding and like j just the canvas art is beautiful in, in itself, but. The reason it's so effective is because is only if you're able to take the deep breath and look up at your wall right. and realize what's right in front of you right. and then have that remind you to why to the intention as to why you bought it, which then reminds you as to like who right. you really are. Well, you know like when you see like a good quote and <clears throat> you like speaking screenshot of, it. Yeah. When you, Thank you you know when you see like a good uh, quote and you screenshot it and you save it as your wallpaper because you want to remind you of it. Right, right, right. When I'm at the iconic house, it's like I can look at my phone, I can look to the left and I see that canvas and I see that canvas and there are all these reminders like as long as you work hard and you're pushing as hard as you can and you're trying to be a good person about it, like you'll figure it out. Yeah. And it might seem there might be something that happens that feels bad in the short term, but in the long term everything happens for a reason. Totally. And by the way, I, I and I would love to talk to Jeff about this of like the creative process because it was kind of cool being over. You at should the, have you should have Jeff and Mark on the podcast. It'd be fun to have those two on. They would one hundred percent do it. Really? I think so. Okay, cool. I was Don't quote ask, me on it. I was going <laughs> to ask the challenge question, but I know no, no longer need to because no, I think it would just be they cool probably having those guys. They love um, you, bro. Cool. Mark loves you. Mark was willing to like risk it all with you, bro. What's dude? It goes back to this the whole thing. I'll get to the what I was going to ask Jeff, but. This, the meeting that I had with Jeff and Mark, and I don't need to get patio. into like on the, out on the patio yeah, yeah, where yeah. I just like kind of showed up and they wanted to meet. And I think this was right before the uh, the Fourth of July promo yep. was, was going to launch. It was like two or three days before. Dude, I'd never been in a room where people were like legitimately just stoked about what I do <laughs> ever. I was like, they loved really? you, bro. I was like, really? You guys think I'm funny? <laughs> you guys think they were like asking me questions about like what I do, my creative process, where I want to go. And I'm just like, and they're like, they're like, I understand. Like, we don't really have these types of meetings with people where we're just like wanting to invest in someone who we just genuinely think is like, he said pragmatic and I had no idea what that meant. And I was like, <laughs> what's pragmatic mean? Mark, he's like realistic. And I was like, 
yeah, that is me. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am very realistic. Like, but it, it was so cool to like have a meeting where they, it was no bullshit. Just like, do we really like what you do? And you're, we think you're genuinely funny and we think we can do a lot with you. Mm-hmm. And then part of me had like a really hurtful anxiety moment because I was like, Oh fuck. Are they going to like tell me to quit my job and join iconic forever? And like, <laughs> you know, drop everything and, and run type thing. Yeah. And then they were like, so like, when do you want to shoot? Like what, what kind of works for your schedule? Like we want to kind of roll this out based on your schedule so we can make sure this works. And I was like, yes, like we did it. Like yeah. there it is. Like now I was like, as long as I have opportunities and as long as I'm like making sure I'm putting out the content and the things that you guys want, yeah then let's go to Mars type thing. And uh, that was the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah. So again, back to just you even putting me on like this. Thank you. Like coolest thing that's probably ever happened in my existence at Phoenix. In Phoenix. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you put the in Phoenix. I was like, there's probably Phoenix, plenty of good things that happened to you. There's tons of great things that have happened in my life. But like, let's it, put it this way, bro. If you're around good people, which Mark and Jeff are just great people, if you just start talking about the people that you know, I mean, and like you said, you work hard at what you do and you take life serious and not too serious at sometimes. I'm, I'm pragmatic. About You're very life. pragmatic about <laughs> your life. And I didn't do much other than just like talk about you. I was like, I got a good homie that lives in Arizona and he'd be down to shoot, I'm sure. And he's a funny guy. And here's a storyline. I just laid it out to him. <laughs> and it was like I just kept hitting him with all these bullet points of like things about you and it just kept just getting better thing. and better and better <laughs> and they just started th- they, at one point they thought I was just like straight lying they're like there's no way uh, and I'm like funny. this man is just a movie character sure no and it, it just it's funny because like it does seem a little bit movie character yeah like, I mean bro when you write it out in writing and I don't like if you just like put on a doc your situation just in Arizona, let's not even talk about everything else. Sure. Just in Arizona, and I legitimately did think you owned part of an Applebee's, and I was a little confused by that. So like, <laughs> that was that was part of the situation. I was like, and he owns an Applebee's. That's literally how I said. I was like, and he owns an Applebee's. I was like, I was actually gonna ask you that on the side. I was like, what's the logistics look like on that? Are you getting like quarterly earnings or what's that looking? Passive income, my friend. <laughs> But, um, awesome. yeah, I just like started hitting with these bullet points and they're just like, this guy's amazing. Like, when can he come in? Would he be down to have a meeting with us? And I mean, yeah. you're a cool guy. So I was like, yeah, you're down to have a meeting with these guys. And you just pulled up and we sure. had the conversation. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's funny how it all kind of unfolds, but I mean, I'm not trying to like sell anything. I guess no. this, this is how I it was very life, genuine and it was, it was, uh, it was, it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. <laughs> but to, yeah, it, I am a pragmatic guy and I am very realistic and I am very like front facing. Like I show pretty much everything that I, mm-hmm. that I have, <laughs> but it is funny that the one thing that kind of <laughs> put the, that overflowed the system was that I owned an Applebee's yeah. and that's the single lie that I continue <laughs> to put forth in my life. Yeah. And like literally the only reason like I have it in there still consistently is because of how many people like it's one of those lies you tell that like people aren't going to call you out for that. <laughs> oh, dude, I saw you put Applebee's on your on your profile. I was Bullshit. legitimately curious. I was like, how do I get into an Applebee's? Like, what was how the do capital? I get into this franchise? <laughs> what was the capital like? <laughs> what, what's your initial investment? Deck? What's like? How does it how is it running? In well, we were going to do this whole quiz on uh, Instagram with you or is like <laughs> works out a power plant and then like having a lie like because it's like truth or lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were going to do one of those. And uh, then I found out you don't own 
part of an Applebee's. And so. that kind of ruined it, huh? No, like, it's all right. I mean, you still got some other funny I shit, have some but. other. Th- yeah. But I, I, it's just cool. Like, again, acting with genuine intention, just like living about your means, just yeah. making it happen. Like, that's literally how I ended up in the RV in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah. It, I, I mean, wasn't... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there. I have mad respect for you, bro. I have mad respect that the fact you picked up and it was because you wanted a better job opportunity. I mean, you're still working with the same company, but mm-hmm. COVID and George Floyd and everything was getting wild in Minnesota. And the fact you picked up, moved to Arizona, and not just moved to Arizona, but you moved in the middle of like, if you're flying over in an airplane, you see those like random like grids of land. <laughs> like, like the squares. Yeah, the squares. Like <laughs> literally bro, in you, the middle of the square. You literally <laughs> moved in the middle of all the squares and just parked an RV and I mean, I just, I have mad respect for you to do that. And like, obviously you found your sweet, sweet girlfriend. So now you right. have some company there and you're not all alone, but right. not just smoking weed every day. I was a little worried, bro. Yeah, I was a little worried there. that you were just going to be alone there. And I was like, fuck, I'm gonna have to drive all the way out there to hang out with this guy. Right, so I don't right. feel bad that he's all alone, but it was lonely. It was very lonely. And now we're making it happen. Exactly. Yeah. But, and again, I just want to reiterate though. It's like, you see like van life. And you see, like, the people who purposely opt into van life mm-hmm. and, like, fall out of it because it just doesn't work out yeah. because they lose money and it's yeah. tough. And that's the case. You lose money if you if you live van life. You don't yeah. have a lot of capital ahead yeah. and you go into van life. It's you're, just, you're it's only just spending, not going to yeah. work. You're not, it's, you spend more money that way Yeah. if you move around in multiple places all the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I give off that aura of, like, oh, yeah, dude, you know, I live... I live in an RV now, you know, I'm a traveling comedian, you know, it, nah, it, it's it was fun to, like, it was the way you to, broke it down. It's a hack. <laughs> it was, but literally the situation <laughs> that I found myself in is, Hey Declan, you're going to, once I told him like, Hey, please transfer me here. Yeah. Like you guys have work. And I had a couple of sources within the company to make it happen. You know, very simple conversation to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, okay, now that you're here, like, this is where you're going to work. And I'm like, okay, an hour away from, like, <laughs> anything. And then, so I'm like, okay, so how am I supposed to, like, find a place to live? I could live in, like, the, the dumb apartments that are 45 minutes away that are still 1200 to 1400 a month. Yeah. Or I know this guy who, like, in that, that situation in itself was crazy. Like, how I found this guy who... Doyle was uh, not Doyle. The guy oh, who rented me the RV. That's right. That's right. Um, met him through an Airbnb. So if you're ever traveling and need to um, live, I would suggest picking the biggest house on the top of the hill and <laughs> choosing choosing the private room because it's most likely someone who owns other shit. who owns a house uh, who lives in the house and uh, and you get to be a roommate of a guy who's probably really rich uh, for some reason. Yeah. So that's what I ended up doing, and I just brought up van life to this guy one day <laughs> because I was biting the bait of, like, oh, I want to live in a van. I think it would be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. He's like, oh, I have a van, and it happens to be a 36-foot bunkhouse RV. <laughs> the 36-rig uh, bunkhouse content rig. The content rig, dude, and it's – uh. So, again, pragmatic, dude. I'll use the word confidently now that yeah. I know what it means. Yeah. It's pragmatic. I, I, I lived about the means and now I'm in this situation. So, like, I don't want to get it. I, I always want to reinforce, like, don't get it twisted. Like, I'm not opting into this life for the aesthetic of yeah. it. I'm literally, this it's is optimized. how I live my life. It's optimized. Um, so, it, it, it's a, it, again, it's just the, the story continues to build, right? Yep. Um, so, okay. So, what I wanted to ask, like, if 
in theory, I were to get Jeff and Mark on the podcast either at the same time or individually, which what would you recommend? Because I feel like they're very opposite people. They're very. If you get them both at the same time, Jeff won't talk as much. Right. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if Jeff has done a podcast by himself. I would. That's why I kind of want to do just like an interview with Jeff. Jeff not is because a, they're both the, very, they're both very interesting guys. Right. Okay. Very so that, interesting that's, guys. That would be my intention. Is like Mark yeah. has Mark has a, a has a value set. It, Dude, it's great why they're co-founders first and foremost. Hundred percent. But you should have them on the podcast, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll mention something to them. But they have a very interesting story. Very cool. interesting story. I mean, they worked at the same company, and. They were doing their separate things. They ended up working at the same company. They both decided they wanted to leave. And then they started Iconic. They were both dead broke. And they saw that Jeff was really good at art. And he's really good at making art very fast. Like, mm-hmm. almost like alien-like. Like, he could just bang out something that would take someone, like, months. And he could just do it in an hour. It was so cool, like, having loose knowledge of, like, Photoshop and Illustrator from, like, my, my yearbook days in high school. <laughs> and then just, like, watching him operate, like, yeah. when I was at that meeting yeah. day. And I just got to, like, be a fly on the wall, kind of. Yeah. And just to watch, like, Jeff operate, I was like, wow, dude, you are an alien. Yeah. Well, he just can make anything really, really fast. Like, usually creative people don't move fast, but he can move really fast. And uh, they just, I mean, Mark broke down that... The, the two number thing, the number two things or two things that were being shared on the internet the most were memes and motivational quotes. So they did canvas art of both. Guess which one took off? The motivational quotes. Yes, sir. No one wanted to hang memes on the wall? I mean, I'm sure there's a few. There's always a market for something. Is there still, is that, I wonder if that's a market still. I'm sure. Because I've always thought about making meme shirts, like t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, there's a market for everything. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, that's awesome though. Yeah. That's a that's a great story. You, you'll have to like get him on the pod and like really talk about it. Like yeah. it is it is a wild story. That's so cool. Yeah, it's a wild that's story. That's sick. And now they're like building this massive company together that's like wildly successful. Which yeah, by the way, like it's it's awesome that you get to work in it and like again, being the fly on the wall for that like six or seven hours that I was there. I don't know how yeah. long I was there for, but like um just to watch you guys operate and even like carry out the campaign uh mm-hmm. behind Decky West Coast, like I learned so much really? from that one day, like how you guys organized all your content and mm-hmm. like that, that Google sheet, quite frankly, What's of up, like doc? how you guys put that together. I was like, I'm doing that. Like, yeah. I'm going to give that to my interns so 100%. that they can post the things that I need them to. hundred percent. Like that. And I'm not saying I'm trying to steal your process. No, or nothing, steal it, but bro. Like, steal it. That's what like, you should be doing. A, I was like, that is, I was like, that's genius. Yeah. I, I like that. Cause it had like the Google drive links yeah. and everything. I was like, that's exactly how we operate. Yeah. Um, it's just an easy visual to be like, okay, here's the schedule. Here's how we're rolling it out. Here's how we're like linking everything out. Here's right. the intention of everything. You so can that, just get a macro view. That's like, yeah, that's like, that's very micro, like very micro nitty gritty that I like just yeah. because I, I'm doing something very similar um, in terms of putting out content. But then like to see, okay, so see, to see like, even from the intention of like filming, right? And yep. like what Jeff wanted to see and the script that he wrote out in the, and even when we're on set, like the different things that he laughed at or liked mm-hmm. or whatever the things we did and we put it together and then like them in the middle of the meeting, like, dude, this thing's going to blow up because we're building it this way. Yeah. And then showed me like the posting schedule and how they were going to use each one. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so we put, you know, a good, how, how many, how much time in terms of like weeks would you say you put together for this? Like two, try two weeks, two weeks, mm-hmm. right? Two weeks, dude, mm-hmm. half a month for this one campaign. And then 
sounds like it did well. But yeah, it did great. How cool, like that, to me, I was like, that's lean. Yeah. That's how you should run yeah. social campaigns. Yeah. Very, it was very obvious to me. Like, yeah. there is a good, well-oiled machine that's happening here. There's a formula to it. And I was very impressed. Like, great. just, Love it. I thought it was so cool. Love it. Just thought it was so cool. <laughs> Love it, man. So, props to you guys. But uh, I think I, one thing, just going back to what I would ask Jeff or what, the, just the basis of Iconic and how they continue to keep moving, uh, moving forward, I should say. Like, it's got to be interesting, like, trying to create some, like, replicate some sort of message that might be cliche, but being creative about it. Like, the way you guys hyped up the NBA legends, like, now being, like, a... I'll, I'll tell you something. Jeff made that entire NBA legends collection that we just dropped today, uh, July 9th, in three hours. Yeah, that's unreal. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's he, is, he is very good at, like, articulating, here's a quote that people resonate with, here's an image that emphasizes this quote in a very, very sub subliminal but like very direct way mm -hmm. um and it's what's really interesting i mean so jeff has made 99 percent of the skews we have over 800 skews skews as in like artwork canvas. pieces of art yeah pieces, pieces of art, of art. Yeah. and it's really we it's like really interesting to see which ones sell the most yeah like, i was gonna ask about that yeah so like pause if you must has outperformed and it's a cassette tape and it's yeah pause if yeah. you must but don't stop love that one and that one blew every other, every other piece out of the water. For every other piece that we sold, we probably sold 20 of that. Wow. I 20 mean, like, to one. Yeah, like everything was blowing out of the water. And like before that, it was the dreams way more than excuses, the butterfly Love and the elephant, one, which yeah. is weird because the minute that that one, they actually sent that one to me early and I was like, yo, this is so dope. And this was in like the middle of butterfly. I had just moved to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. They sent me the piece and I'm like, yo, like, how ironic that this best-selling and th that piece just crushed and it was like the best-selling piece of all time in custom uh um, company history was dreams way more than excuses and it was a butterfly like outweighing an elephant an elephant yeah and that's cool i filmed some stuff with them and it just like took off and yeah man it was just weird to see like which pieces take off and how he creates it and how he articulates yeah. it. Yeah. So my question to Jeff would be directly based on that is like performance versus what you want to create. Performance versus passion. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, okay. Probably disclosing some things on this podcast. So you guys get a little inside scoop. But cool. So if you go to at Cole on Instagram, his art is very culture focused, very like hip hop, NBA, mm -hmm. a lot of engagement, very like realistic. Um, and then like the iconic IP is, you'd be surprised, like our number th three or four bestseller is an astronaut holding planets with no quote. Love. I love that one. See, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. It's just cool. <laughs> and that's America. I mean, it's just, it's crazy that's to consumerism, think. consumerism. Yeah. yeah, dude. It's so weird to just think like there's all these skews and there's like, like 10 that outperform everything by like a tenfold. Right. And people like what they like. I yeah. Guess. They like what they like. Yeah. Um, what an interesting industry to be in, but it's like, that's what we, it's so as weird. a creator to a certain degree. It's like, 
you know, that one post that goes viral on yeah. TikTok, you're like, really, that one? Yeah, you know? yeah. Or, you know, the one post that gets really good engagement or yeah. however you want to look at it. You can measure it in the same instance. Well, dude, we're, we were creating like six ads a week and then we'd test them and then one would scale and we'd throw like a lot of money at it and it would get like positive you must for like four weeks straight was getting 90% of our spend because people were just like eating that one up for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's wild, dude. It's ridiculous. It's it's pretty crazy too. Like you were like, so you had an agency where you could work with all these brands, and then you stopped the agency to work for a canvas company. <laughs> I'm like to work with other brands. <laughs> well, it's like if you actually understand like who Iconic is and their brand identity and yeah. all the activations they're doing, like they're just really tapped into the influencer world and like all these like high level people. Um, yeah, you really have to understand the brand to. To yeah. See why I took the well, job. it's just cool that like I mean I gotta obviously understand the core values of the company and you know yeah. take a couple customer customer service calls whatever <laughs> I need to do to get invested <laughs> in the company I will do, uh, but no it's it's a it's a it's one of those things where it's like it's a you're taking something that's been around forever and just m- literally breeding it with something that people can't get enough of yeah and uh, it's it's genius yeah it's literally genius i think it's so cool we can talk all day about freaking iconic honestly (laughs) and it's wild too because most most companies so like say apparel if you if you have an apparel company you have to produce samples yeah producer break sorry producer break no you're good producing your own producing your own podcast uh so okay we're back uh we'll get to our point here but how long do you think nine percent on a sony a7 from 2015 has to to be honest, say one, it could die at any point and just be done, right? Because it's mid recording, right? I've had that happen, or it could go another thirty minutes, probably. <laughs> I've seen both. We've, I've honestly we've, seen we've both. We've seen it all. We're doing either way, sixty frames, thirty frames, thirty frames. Uh, it's probably pretty light. Probably pretty light. Yeah, I think we're we're gonna be conserving energy here. Yeah. I think we'll be fine. But anyways, yeah. So. Uh, we uh as as producer of this own podcast you know we're we're strapped to the battery life of our of our three sony so, a7 so so if you're in the scottsdale greater phoenix area and you're looking to podcast or produce a podcast we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear from you can't emphasize it enough <laughs> um okay so we were talking about uh now that we're back the more or less the the cool strategy that iconic has oh, kind of I remember implemented what about. yes the cool thing about Iconic is the product development in turnaround is in a matter of hours. I mean, it's it's literally Jeff creates a new piece or we're bringing on some new artists now and they create a new piece and we submit it to the printer and it's up, it's live, it's on the website. It's We're with apparel, like you have to get samples, you have to get a physical product, mm-hmm. you have to try it, you have to tweak it, send it back to the product, you get a minimum order quantity, you get that shipped to the warehouse, shoot the ware- shoot the product. Like there's just like so many different steps where Mm -hmm. that's the cool thing because we can grow really quickly as fast as we want. I mean, we get the NBA license, we download all the Getty images, put the quotes on them and make it happen. Yeah. And and the coolest part is the art is cool on both platforms. Yeah. When you see a picture of a shirt, you're like, okay, that's a picture of a shirt. shirt. When you see a picture... Of like the iconic art, you're like, yeah. that's dope. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I can have that on my wall now. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it's cool how the 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 cross mediums uh, can communicate and work. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a space where 
there's a few competitors, but it's it's not that saturated. I mean, no, you can do a lot with it, and especially if you have the brand and licensing and all these partners that we work with. Like, mm-hmm. it's really easy to grab a lot of market share really quickly. Cool. And so, of the partners, of the people that you work with, so like you, you can factor in influencers, but then you can also factor in partnerships. Like, mm-hmm. I know NBA is one, right? Mm-hmm. I know Monopoly is one mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then you obviously have like the Matt Frazier's of the world mm-hmm. and the different people that you work with. Mm-hmm. Um, who is your favorite or top grossing person to work with in terms of like creating pieces around? It's a good question. I've only been with the company six months. Yeah. Um, just like I said, grossing yeah, in your yeah. opinion. What um, are you most hyped on? I mean, I'm not most hyped on Matt Frazier, but dude, CrossFit audience are diehards. Yeah. Matt Frazier had some juice, like just as much as juice as uh, Gary Vee. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. But what I'm really excited for is, I'm trying to think of how much I can disclose. Um, we've got some really cool things in the works. That's a cool disclosure, Bragg. I like that. It's good. It's uh, perfect. I want to say it's so bad. No, that's okay. I'll tell you offline. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm really excited for, uh, we're going to do this collection with Pop Smoke. I'm really excited to cool. see how that works out. Um, doing a foundation uh, kind of campaign around um, his foundation with his mom. Um, I haven't been on a part of shoots because when I joined, it was like still kind of COVID. So this is my first experience really like going out and working with a lot of these partners. But NBA is sick just because it's high level. We've got um, we've got a Gretzky and McDavid license coming out. So <gasps> we're hitting that NHL market, which is tight. That's going to be cool. Yeah, it'll be cool. It's just endless. I think it's really the. the I mean, we could we can go into any space and like, dude, you'd be surprised. Like, I used to look at Monopoly and be like, "Damn, does that really sell?" And bro, it crushes. I mean, for offices, I get it. Yeah. So like, yeah, we're doing some really cool stuff. Like, I will say, in the next twelve months, you will start to see a lot of things really start to play out. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. So okay, so another thing I had a question on. So I know you guys do. or had done the the podcast. Maybe this is more of a question. For We're bringing Mark. it back. Yeah, which We're bringing is great. It back. Blank canvas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that was that crushed. But I also noticed like you guys did a lot of, um, like you had the Dennis Gallagher, mm-hmm. uh, Trevor Wallace type, um, where it was more like, uh, comedic. It was like a knockoff decky. Knockoff decky, pretty much. I mean, that, <laughs> when you guys send me like, yeah, it's gonna be pretty much kind of like Dennis Gallagher, and I watched the whole series. Where does like. It just seems like you guys have such a wide net that you're able to cast and just like test in different industries. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and again, this is probably more of a Mark question, but I'm sure you can uh, I mean, ask I keep, the question. I keep ask saying the that. Question. I keep saying that, and it, uh, it's mainly I'm. I keep saying that because I just want to ask him <laughs> on the podcast at some point. Yeah. Not saying that you couldn't answer it, but like, where is is that on purpose? Is there a reason? Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. I mean. If we know that creating these characters and creating a storyline hits harder than unboxing a canvas, well, then we're going to go way harder into that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If we know that doing a partnership with NBA, I mean, here's the thing. When you think about licensing, the NBA is a giant audience, right? Totally. If we didn't have the NBA license, the only way we're going to really tap into them is if there's some kind of overlap. But the minute you start thinking about like Monopoly, that's a 
diehard audience. NBA, that's a diehard audience. Mm -hmm. You start looking at it from like a macro perspective. We're just land grabbing all these audiences and just building a marketplace where (laughs) when you go on there, you're like, wow, I like this. I like that. I like this. I like that. Mm -hmm. And it really just becomes a catalog where it's like, if you, if you like, I mean, we we're building a catalog where it's like, you could probably find something that you'll fall in love with. Right. And it's just the, the best example would be like people bought art this past weekend uh, from a campaign that I had done, yeah. but like they were buying stuff not because they were like, Oh, let's buy the decky West coast iconic pieces. They're just like, let's go buy what I like. Yeah. And there's the, there's the, I, the mon- monopoly people where like you and I are saying, you're like, who would buy a monopoly piece yeah. that many times over? Yeah. Uh, but there's an audience there, yeah. just well, like there's an audience for, uh, like the Kevin Garnett pieces that are yeah. that I've seen teased on the this NBA they're legend they're, stuff. They're live now. They're live now. Or yeah. any, again, it's it's so subjective to the people. Yeah. And there's so many audience niche audiences yeah. that you can capitalize on. Mm-hmm. Like now, I, the more I've invested my time into like how iconic works, I'm just like, this is so genius. It's a machine. Bro. <laughs> it's a it's machine. A machine. It's like we can go as wide and as deep as we want to. Yeah. And we're the fun part about it is is like we've built uh, a massive company off of we only sell canvases, right? Mm-hmm. So now think about it as okay. So let's say you like more of the typography one. There, we have a cool one from Damon John that does really well. It says, "Remember your why." Okay, that's a really powerful quote that resonates with a lot of people. Now imagine if we came out with candles. And we did like a three pack subscription model where you could choose sure. your scent and choose your quote and it's going to send it to you every month or every other month or once a quarter. Right. And so like we can get into different product Industries. mediums. Yeah. We're yeah. going to come up with mugs. We're licensing out notebooks to retail. Oh, so we're going to get in retail stores like Urban Outfitters and Target. The scalability's out. Yeah. The so the fact that like, here's the thing. When most people build a company it's really easy to be like, let's do everything at once, right? Mm. If you can do one product and do it really, really well, and you can build a lot of revenue and a lot of distribution, think about how much easier it is once you get to half a million followers and however big our email list is and our text message list. Now when we start be like, okay, you already love our canvases. Now we have candles. Now get we have notebooks. Yeah, yeah, it's like it, you, you really build an audience that's dedicated because you only sell one product, right? Yeah. And so when you can expand that product medium, like I'm excited, bro. Also nine people in the company and also coming up with concepts and rolling them out within three hours to two weeks. Yeah. Like we're talking, I mean, MBA, like, MBA, he made them on Monday or Friday of last week. Oh my God. And I came back on Tuesday cause everyone had Monday off cause 4th of July was on a Sunday. Yeah. And we're like, all right, everyone knows what you're doing on, uh, for this, uh, NBA collection. And we pumped it out in four days, all the teasers, all the social rollout, all the stories, yeah. like, yeah. Dude, to me, that's the cool, like, that's, that's the most impressive portion. Yeah. I, and I get there's the, the idea and the concept and the scalability is all there. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that you can execute so purely in that time frame mm-hmm. is just like fun to watch that hustle and fun to see the enjoyment behind that too. Yeah. Like no one's do, I'm sure there have been days where it's like, oh man, you know, gotta get this out and I'm, crying you know <laughs> going back to the overwhelmed conversation there has been many points this week where i'm like holy shit but yeah, at yeah. the same time it's like 
it's Friday. We launched the collection. It's rolling out over the weekend. It's going to go through the final series. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's something where it's like, when you look at the challenge, you're like, how the hell are we going to climb Mount Everest in four days? Right. And then you're at the top and you're like, that's exactly how we do it. You know, it's one <laughs> we, day at a time, one yeah. task at a time and just breaking things down and working as a team. Yeah, dude. I think it's just, it's, it's fun. And, uh, I'm, aren't you just glad you're in the situation you're in? I am. Yeah. I and, am. And there's nothing I would ever wish on anybody more than, uh, than simply that and just being excited about where you're at. Yeah. And, uh, if you're not excited about where you're at, then it's time to pivot. Right. hundred percent. And we are all in different spots. And I think we've all been in those situations where we don't like where we're at and we have to pivot. Yep. And, uh, what better way to understand it, uh, that you love where you're at, um, to have that, those comparisons of where you didn't like it. Yeah. And I think back to what Mark had said earlier about making sure you recognize your flowers and, and, and understanding where you came from or just recognizing what you've done in the past, man. Brandon, you've done some cool shit, man. Are we out here. You've, you've done some cool shit. Yeah. And I just want to say I'm proud and I'm stoked that we both live in the greater Scottsdale area where maybe potential podcasters, uh, <laughs> other podcast producers reside. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it, bro. It's only up from here, man. Yeah. Godspeed. Up and to the right. Up and to the right. It's that <laughs> simple, man. Thanks for coming on, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Seeing double. Tell the whole squad out the back door, man. I think it's time to huddle. Yeah. We're in trouble. Wrote a pop song, tried to pop off, but I think we popped the bubble. And we run around, but now I know it's tired of the nonsense. coverage had it mapped out but you spaced out man you didn't see it coming yeah. hold my luggage about to fly up holding my cup looking down and seeing nothing and we run around but now i know we're tired of the nonsense all the things we can't control really really messes with the healthy mindset Play the pop games, and you never, never will change, but I don't believe you. No, I don't. So you wanna play the pop games, and it always goes the same way.